fall of 2006, one of AP's British freelance writers told us about a new band stomping all over the country's music scene. The band in question, Gallows, had delivered a white-hot debut album called Orchestra of Wolves on the British indie label In at the Deep End. The disc was an explosive hybrid of post-hardcore structures and attitude-laden noise rock, with lead singer Frank Carter virtually sharing his throat lining on tracks with such titles as In the Belly of a Shark and Will Someone Shoot That Fucking Snake? Something that massive doesn't stay unknown for very long, and soon afterward the Watford band were pursued by Epitaph Records to be part of their artist roster. Unlike most British bands, whose idea of touring America is New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, and the airport, Gallows took America head-on, embarking on nine weeks' worth of 90-degree heat on last summer's Warp Tour, followed by an opening slot on last fall's Bad Religion Tour, where the temperatures may have come down, but the band's attitudes still went through the roof. During their first headlining U.S. tour this winter, Gallows guitarists Lauren Barnard and Steph Carter dropped by Lava Room Recording in Cleveland to discuss life in a dead-end town, extreme artifice in the British music scene, and why nobody drives five hours to see a show in England the way fans do in the States. I'm Jason Pettigrew, and this is the AP Podcast. Gallows are from Watford, which is, is that nor- northern? North, nor- it's like north- northwest yeah. London. Northwest London, okay. Um, tell me about Watford. Is it like, is it pretty cool? Is it hell on earth? Is it godforsakenly boring? I mean, well, Watford, I'm trying to, get a, trying to get a vibe of like, yeah. you know, what the, what the place it's, is about. It's a place in between where we all live, basically. Like, Steph lives in, Steph and Frank live in Hemel Hempstead and I live in Bushy. But like, in between all our certain little villages, like there's Watford, which is where everyone Tends to congregate. Is that a word? Did Congreg- I say it right? Congregate. Yeah. Yeah. It's too early. I've only just woken up. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, just outside of London. So if you have any kind of uh, brains, you'd spend more time in the city than in this town. Like not much really happens there. It's kind of you know, it's not it's not a student town. So you don't have any like students or anything cool happening. It's just it's just a town where everyone lives for the weekend. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. In a bad way. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So you, you work your nine to five jobs in uh, somewhere where, you know, you're never going to, like, progress. Like, I don't know. It's, just, it's one of those places where if you've got any kind of aspirations to make something out of your life, the best thing to do is to... Get the hell out. Yeah. So basically, everybody, you know, everybody nine to five, Friday, you get your, you get your pay packet, and then you go take it down the pub, and then you're already broke for the weekend, and then yeah. do the whole cycle again. Yeah. Gotcha. So was it a kind of, because you're aware of that, because you saw like, wow, birth school worked out, uh, we're not we're not doing this thing. Do you think it's that type of thing that kind of informs your music or kind of? Yeah, I think like Gallows are very socially aware and, uh, you know, a lot of the songs are kind of based around uh, Watford and also Slough, which is where uh, Frank was living at the time when we first yeah. started the band. And uh, I don't know, Americans might know Slough because it's where the office the UK That's office right. is yeah. okay. So, uh, gotcha. And that, that place is a lot worse than Watford as well. <laughs> if you can imagine it. Gallows top ten list of things worse <laughs> yeah. than Watford. Okay, let's 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 start. Let's talk shit on uh, on uh, England. Uh, let me see. How how's Grimsby? Is that awful? Grimsby's a horrible. Place. Yeah, that's why it's called Grimsby. Yeah. Gotcha. But Elton John wrote a song about it. Which song? Grimsby. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, Elton John's. Uh, isn't he the chairman of Watford Football yeah. Club as well? Or used oh, to that's be. right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. How did that happen? My God. I don't get it. <laughs> so the whole, the whole um, generally the fact that, uh, can I say that essentially Gallo's music is kind of reaction to that, to the whole culture yeah, of what you're having at Watford? I mean, is it kind of, you didn't wake up at three o'clock in the afternoon and say, oh man, I'm bored, nothing on telly, I think I'm going to start a band. I mean, it wasn't anything like that. It just seems like there were a lot more things that were informing the creative process and what you wanted to do, or else you would have been a crap band like Razorlight or something. Like that. Yeah, that's yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think Gallows is just... Because uh, when we first started the band, um, it was never going to sound like the way it did. Like We had an idea of Gallows being um, more like a party band. It was, it was me and Frank were going to start a band and it was going to be totally against all this like hardcore and punk stuff because we were kind of bored of the scene. 
a lot of backstabbing, a lot of, you know, it's very incestuous. So uh, we were going to do something totally different. And then because, you know, the environment we were in, like Slough, like that's where we used to rehearse. And like every, nearly every day, Frank would come to practice and he'd be like, yeah, I got picked on today for being ginger and all this, you know, other stuff. And it would come through in the songs. And it just ended up sounding really, really aggressive. And we didn't have a name for the band at the time. And when we chose one, like Gallows, just seemed pretty appropriate. Was that the one that you? Is that the one you came up with? Was that uh, the first one, or was it something? Was it? We no. We originally were called uh, "Last Fight for the Living Dead," which was a bit of a long name. A bit long. Yeah. That's slightly shorter than '80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster, yeah. but it's still kind of long. <clears throat> so, I mean, what were those? What were those early early years? Jeez, I was only talking like what two thousand five. Yeah. So, I mean, what was it like? Were there were there certain things that you said? Well. You know, we want to make music. Uh, you know, I want to write music like this. Were there certain types of influences, or was there a certain type of scene that you gravitated to? Or I think like uh, we didn't really want to play music that was going to fit into any particular scene. Like we've we've been given the term punk, but we never when we started the band we never called ourselves punk. Like we were just playing kind of noisy rock with you know angsty vocals. That's pretty much what Gallows is. And uh, I I don't know. Like a lot of people just threw us in with a whole like punk scene even though we were playing more hardcore shows than punk rock shows okay but uh it was i don't know it was good like uh it was hard work i don't know what shows out here are like when you're first starting off yeah. like we've got a little taste on this tour but when you're like a totally unknown band and uh you know you're, you're driving to places and only about three or four kids show up and you know the, the promoter's doing the whole well i was gonna pay you but you know, only this many people because I can't pay you anymore. It's just like drive home, get up and go to work the next day. Yeah. That kind of sucks. But, you know, we did through all that and now we're doing, you know, we're touring the States now. It's like like a huge leap from you know, where we first started. And also like back home, we just sold out like a London show, which is like 2000 capacity. Oh, great. And that, that's to me, that's wild. Like we were, we were offered this show and it's just like, there's no way. We're gonna sell this yeah. venue out, like, but you still, but you still took it, just like, oh, what the fuck? Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was part of our tour, so it's like we didn't have much choice. We were thinking, we can we do it in a smaller place, but we were like, oh, it will sell out, it will sell out. We're like, oh. but it did in the end. So someone out there knows their stuff. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, what? Um, so you were listening. What type of? What were you listening to? What was your? You know, what was the whole thing like when you you and Frank were together? What were you? What were you doing? What was everybody listening to? Um, I don't know. Were there like maybe two or three bands that you bonded over? Because frankly, you guys don't sound like anybody that's going to, you know, shed a tear over a Smith's record or any Britpop. <laughs> so I was just kind of wondering if, you know, what that whole vibe was over there. Were you enthusiastic about like, uh, I don't know, other scenes, some sort of, you know, American rock scene, you know, what you were, you know, rocking in uh, Britain? So to speak. Yeah, I mean, I have a time of doing, um, when we first started writing the record, I think I was listening to a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff like Drive Like J.U. and J.R. Ewing and, you know, kind of like noisy. Angular. Yeah, basically. And, um, Frank was into a lot of like grime, UK yeah. grime. It's like UK hip hop. Oh, okay. Like Dizzy Rascal. Yeah, yeah. Like Frank's into a lot of that. And uh, I guess that that kind of put a tint on how his vocals were going to come out on the record and how the vocals came out in general. Like the way like UK grime artists work, they, they don't really conform to the, the normal like ideas of hip hop out here. Like hip hop out here, everything's kind of, everything moves with the beat. Right. And everything's like, I don't want to say easy going, but everything moves with the beat. It's got a cadence kind of, yeah. to it. It's got a cadence Whereas to it. Whereas with UK grime, it's kind of like, you spit as many words as you possibly can in about three seconds and you just keep doing that on <laughs> yeah. and on. And that's like... What's his name? Uh, what, Mike Skinner? Yeah, a, a bit like Mike Skinner, but more like Dizzy Rascal and like Lethal Bizzle who guested with us on our last single and I guess like Frank's influence from that and he was into Frank's into quite a lot of like quite a lot of different music than you'd expect when you listen to our record sure like for example the grime stuff and then he's big Gwen Stefani fan he's into a lot of Gwen <laughs> Stefani <laughs> yeah Gwen Stefani writes good music <laughs> okay I, you know I will cop I will cop right away to having winded up by Gwen Stefani on my iPod I totally love it, but the reason why I like it is because I think it's a throwback to like European late '80s industrial rock, like the Young Gods, where they would take that 
take those samples of like something orchestral and put like a put like a put a bombastic beat on the back of it and just you know because I have um, on my iPod I have it as Gwen Stefani's winded up and then I have the Young Gods doing Gary Glitter's Did You Miss Me which is the type that da 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 that whole type of you know cadence thing. Of course, admitting that you have Gary Glitter on your iPod in 2000, <laughs> yeah, it's no pretty damn scary, something yeah. like that. Uh, just a, uh, just ordered an FBI uh, uh, investigation of my computer. Damn it! <laughs> oh, why did I do that? So, um, I'll tell you what, uh, this is usually part in the proceedings where we take a break um, and, um, and play some tracks. What... Uh, who, who's, who, would you like, who would you like to plug? Who's, who's, um, as far as something early that you're into, Laurent, what do you, uh, what do you want to hear? Um, I don't know. Murder City Devils? Have you got any of that? Yeah, Mur- Murder, yeah. Murder City Devils. What would you like? What's your favorite Murder, what's your favorite Murder City track? No, it changes on a regular basis. Um, no, I just played Deer Hearts. Works for me. In gallows, correct, gentlemen. That's true. How many people have written? How many? How many flyers for your gigs in America say the gallows? Been all right. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any flyers with the. The it's, press get it wrong. Quite yeah, right. of course the yeah. press gets it wrong. My God, we're scumbags. What the hell do we know about anything? The best thing you need. The best thing you need to do. You need to talk to your booking agent and say the band gets an additional twenty five percent if their name is referred to as the gallows on advertisements or um, the marquee or flyers. That's a good idea. So That's come on. Because, you know, you know, hey, come on. The, the, the dollar is so useless over here. You guys would be like, you guys would be buying like New York apartments in another two weeks. You bring any more Dosh back. You know what I mean? So the, um, as far as uh, uh, you, were, so you were saying earlier that the, uh, the band was kind of considered has been embraced as a punk band or a hardcore band. And you somehow you don't obviously you don't see yourselves as that. Um are there certain types of cultural elements to being punk in Britain? You know, I mean, it's kind of like, do you, um, could, uh, could, could gals play something like the, uh, 
what I refer to as pensioner punk, the holidays in the sun, uh, you know, tour. Yeah, that, that like, big thing. We're, we're, we've never been offered that, and because uh, that's to me, that's like the ultimate kind of like that's that's punk. Precisely. Like in all its punkness. Yes. But, so, um, so, but I'm just kind of, in all, or as we refer to it at the office, path punk or punk as fuck, so to speak. <laughs> Do you, I mean, is there something where, you know, that culture, because you say punk in America, that means 16 different things to 16 different yeah, kids. Totally. Could be like the most wussiest pop to the most, you know, screaming, you know, hardcore. And I'm just kind of wondering what the, that P word essentially means over in Britain. I mean, are you still are, are Gallows considered a punk band yeah, for like all intents and purposes, or keep, how does that work? They keep trying to throw us in with yeah. the whole Sex Pistols kind of, and uh, I, I think we sound nothing like the Sex Pistols. We're so far removed from that band, and uh, even it's like subtle things happen, and like, we don't realize it. But we did our like single release show on a boat, uh, and uh, just because you thought it was a cool idea. Well, yeah, like it was like the, the song was abandoned ship, so. Makes you sense. Know, and uh, then all this thing happened. It just so happened it was like the same day as the Sex Pistols did their show on oh, a boat okay. like 30 years earlier. Gotcha, okay. And it's just like, so that kind of got overshadowed everything in the press. It's just like, well, no, we don't give a fuck about that. We're just like... This is cool, let's yeah, do it. You yeah, you know, those, someone came up with the idea of doing on a boat, abandoned ship, made sense, a show on a boat, all our friends. And uh, yeah, it just gets twisted around. Love coincidence. <laughs> yeah. And then the NME came out and said, "Oh, they're just you know they're the most fabulous band in the world for the next week and a half, yeah. and then we're going to slag the living hell out of them." <laughs> so I I mean, what is it essentially? Do you feel do you feel like the feel like gallows are kind of these the odd men out so to speak? Because you really you don't see yourself as punk in the capital P holidays in the sun. Oh look, the business are playing again, uh, yeah. type thing, or you know, because and then it just seems that maybe you're too, you know, too vicious and uh, you know, kind of like taking it from the gut more than anything that's rocking the sound systems at Art Rocker mm. or any of the other type of like indie or more, you know, fabulous indie hipster type thing. So I'm just kind of wondering exactly where your standing is in Britain with regards to punk culture and stuff like that. Because you're considered a punk band over here, but once again, that means a thousand different things to yeah. a thousand different people. So essentially, who's kind of... Uh, how how are you embraced over there? I mean, got big old Liberty Spike guys showing up at the gigs and saying, up oh, the punks and we, all that? We get everything Yeah, our gigs. We get guys with big Liberty Spikes coming to the shows to old punk rockers. We get like... We've got oh, so many different people. We yeah. get like hardcore kids like... Kids who look like they should be in like a no idea Gainesville band with massive beards. Yeah, and... we get anything. You got kids. beard core in Britain. It's, it's kind of, I used you to try. And, yeah, I was rocking it back home for a while. We're trying to get it. It's like we we get anything from our shows from kids that are like what under ten, anything through to guys in the crowd that are like in their sixties and stuff. We get everything across the wow. board. So I don't I don't really know where we fit in any genre at home at all. We kind of just sit in the middle attract a little bit of everything that's not a bad place to be because essentially your music can do whatever you want to do if yeah. you want to go out and make a full-on grime record you know or if you want to do the spiky pop thing like a future heads or young knives you could do that and it just seems that you know you're open to a lot of different things but you know, it's really funny because historically british music has always been about subculture and wardrobe where it's like you buy the clothes and then you buy the records that go with the clothes. Mm. And I think one of the things that really, I really like about gallows is that it's just in your face, rock music with an attitude. And then just like, you know, I don't care where your mother's, you know, where your, your mother's, you know, wedding dress and, and put a golf and put a, put a, put a, you know, put your uh, golf club bag <laughs> over top and cut holes in it and wear that or just be as freaky as you want. It doesn't matter because there's that whole, because I know the British press likes to create these scenes. Yeah. And since you guys really don't have a scene, per se, except, you know, where the gallows fuck off. I said the, sorry about that. <laughs> where gallows fuck off. Do you think that um, that's worked in your favor? Or do you think that people have people have tried to wedge you into things? I think it's worked in our favor because a lot of these bands are going to be, like, pigeonholed. And as soon as that fashion's out, then, you know, they're, like, screwed. Yeah. Whereas like, we don't we don't follow any kind of like fashion. Like we, I'm not saying we don't. We want to look good, don't we? Yeah. And we want to like play our music, but like we're not gonna, you know, throw ourselves into like a yeah. certain clique or yeah, anything. something that's cool at the minute just to 
try and keep it. We just do what we do and do it happily. So I know bands who've been just changing and changing their sound to try yeah, and... to try and keep up with what's cool at yeah. the minute, to keep their fans. And, and uh, it's, it just doesn't work. Like, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, there's going to be loads of bands trying to be the next My Chemical Romance, but... But there's already a My Chemical Romance. Yeah, exactly. We don't, so, we don't need one. Yes, well, we why, got one. Why try and do another one? So, I don't know. What's the most... Are, are there any... Are there any more egregious uh, violations <laughs> of, uh, of bands in England who are just totally trying to jump that stuff that you want to... Come on, call no. somebody out, guys. We, we've called so many people out in the past. Like, I think we've, we've learned from our mistakes. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Great, <laughs> great. You finally do a show with some guy who loves your band, and now you're just going, oh, man, that did it. Stop. Cut tape. Cut, cut. <laughs> no, I guess the thing, the thing that really kind of, kind of irks me is that um, the people, uh, you got to hate the internet. Because people, people who just, you know, oh, well, they suck, you know, without even hearing the band or anything like that. It's just this type of one-upsmanship. And I was kind of wondering what, what have your, what have the, what have the American experiences been like? Um, let's start, let's start with Warp Tour. You did Warp Tour last year. You played the, oh, I don't know, the Weedabix stage, the uh, Shell Oil stage, the, I don't know what stage it was because I tried to run around to find the damn stage and I couldn't find you guys. And I got back to them. It was just like, oh, damn it. And then like in Cleveland, it was a complete downpour for an yeah. hour, and like everybody's power got killed. So, what was like, what was Warp Tour like for you guys? I mean, it was kind of like your big welcome to America. Just throw your ass in the deep end. It's yeah, sink or swim, buddy. It yeah. was really hard work because uh, firstly, we're not used to that heat at all. That's right. Yeah, and there's um, an old song by the Fall called "British People in Hot Weather." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what else? Is, uh, Before we done Warp Tour, the longest tour we'd ever done at home was. 11 days with two days off in the middle and we went straight from that to nine weeks straight on warp tour like 13 shows in a row playing in middle heat of summer that, yeah heat that i've never experienced and i to be fair i never want to experience <laughs> ever again but it was good like if we didn't do warp tour half of the kids that come to the shows now wouldn't know who we are people out here wouldn't be buying our record and stuff so it, it even though it was really hard for us it was fun for us and it, it made us tighter as a band Made loads of new friends yeah. as well, which is awesome. Did you get a lot of did you get a lot of crossed crossed arms like prove it to me? Yeah, we get that all yeah. shows. At the, at the start of the show, like most of the people that are there that haven't seen us or just heard about the hype in very commas, they will stand there and they with their arms folded and stuff and then by the end of it, they're all running around having a good time. Like, I think if, another thing as well is that you would start a show and there'll be about Ten kids, then halfway through the set, there'll be like fifty. Then by the end, there's about 100, 150, 200 watching. So that's a good indicator of yeah. how you're doing. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I was just kind of that whole the whole warp tour mentality or something like that. I guess I think it was. I think I read Frank was 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 like really just just laying it out on some American kids in the on warp tour in some magazine where he's like. Like I care about some sixteen-year-old kid who's waiting, some fifteen-year-old kid who's waiting to see some stupid pop punk band or something like that. It's just, it was just kind of, uh, it was that whole thing where it's just like, I don't care, you, you know, three people, thirty, thirteen hundred people, you know, we don't care, we're here, shut up. Yeah, you know I, I mean? mean that's that's how I see things. It sounds really bad, but like, you don't, you don't want to like isolate people from listening to your music. But at the same time, it's like if some kids like waiting to see something awful and he's just watching us because we're like before like either he's going to be like this band are awesome i'm going to check these guys out which is cool or he's just not going to care at all because he's yeah. just waiting for the next band and so that that doesn't affect us at all it's all we're always going to get like on warp tour you know what i mean kids just walk around and they're going to watch us be like Man, those, those English dudes are looking really <laughs> stupid up there they're yeah. jumping around they're playing like loads of noise the singer can't sing that's what we always get and do you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, move along kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One-fingered salute. Actually, over there, it's the, the, two, the two-fingered salute. Uh, okay, in comparison to that, how was the Bad Religion trip? Because you did open that, that leg of the Bad Religion tour. That was fun. Like, the, the strange thing about that, I noticed, was uh, it was the older part of a crowd that were really into Gallows, as opposed to the young kids who probably just bought like, Bad Religion's latest record yeah. and stuff. Because obviously, like, for... It was an older crowd. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, like, it was again, I mean, it's like a mis they're, mixed they're, crowd. Yeah, they were, they are obviously, they are a classic, iconic, you know, mm. American band. And I'm just kind of wondering if you guys were had to deal with the uh, 
the old guy like, yeah, when do these guys have bad, bad religion? You know, yelling for bad religion. Or if you had these guys are like, hey, this shit's pretty hot. What yeah, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of the older people there were back when, like, you know, like Minor Threat and Black Flag were around. So they, they used to seeing shows where, you know, it's full of energy and like loud and, you know, just a, a rocking show. And uh, so they really appreciated it. Like so the younger kids were sometimes a bit like, a bit scared, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like, well, that's what it was like in Cleveland. Yeah, I remember it was kind of the, the the attendance was kind of light in the beginning. That typical all the old all the old guys decided to you know wait until their medication kicked in before they went out or something. And um, I'm not talking about recreational medication. I'm talking like oh my back, oh my bursitis. <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of wondering exactly because I remember Frank jumped off stage and just did the whole set walking back and forth. It was almost kind of like. Okay, who's gonna try to fuck with the lead singer of the band just for the sake of you know? And he commands that type of respect, and he doesn't you know, and he doesn't really suffer fools gladly either. Mm. So when somebody says something stupid to him, he's like, "Well, maybe you'd want to like come to me, say that to my face, or something like that." And he never got any takers. Damn it, Ugh, kids today. We were talking about that yesterday. Like no one's, no matter what Frank says yeah. to a crowd, no one's ever like, "Well, I'm gonna teach him a lesson." Like, yeah. just <laughs> kind of cower just, away. He just gets away with it. <laughs> actually gives him another question my friend tim who is not tim karen uh ap uh, ap editor tim karen not him but my other friend tim who only buys records by british bands was actually afraid to go to the gig tonight because he says he's heard these stories that things can get confrontational very quickly and I, i've seen you i've seen you like three times and nobody actually got killed at one of your gigs nah. And the, if anything went down, it was usually members of the band doing it to each other more yeah. than it was from outside there. Do you have some sort of, where does that reputation come from? It's again, it's like, I think it's, it's the press trying to exaggerate yeah. like back home, like mainstream music press, like enemy, uh, like they, they've never had to deal with like a band like gallows. Do you know what I mean? I'm, do you think of think, an example? No, I'm, I'm thinking, no, I'm just trying to think of who's really type of just. No, I can't think of anybody offhand. It's it's normally kind of like indie rock, which is yeah, safe and, rock. Yeah, pigeon-toed, rickets-suffering indie rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they like hear our music, hear our lyrics. Like you know, they don't understand. There's about a million other bands doing exactly what we do, like playing, you know, aggressive music. But uh, you know, it's like there's so many hardcore bands doing stuff like that, and yeah. Now, just because they pick up on us doing it, they're like, oh, my God, they must get into fights all the time because they're so aggressive. The singer's always injured. like, and But it's usually because he's doing it to yeah. himself. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, we, have, we played Los Angeles with Troubadour and Frank climbed up. Um, <laughs> climbed a lighting rig and jumped yeah. off. And, and Well, did he jump or fall? No, he kind of he kind of dived off and just landed really badly and his back put him out for like... Yeah, so he carried on playing some shows, yeah. but he's, he was in agony. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I think it's time for me to do another music break, but what I want to play is I want to play um, your Hot Snakes cover. Cool. Uh, which appears on the Alternative Press Press Play compilation, uh, and that track is If Credit Is What Is What Matters, I'll Take Credit. That track originally came out as a, in, in Britain, something you put out yourselves, a split single with somebody? Yeah, it was Could a... Could you tell us a story about that track? We did uh, a split with um, our friends in a band called November Coming Fire, who've sadly broken up now, but... Uh... They, in fact, covered a Murder City Devil song and uh, we covered a Hot Snake song because we were just like, whenever splits come out and bands do covers, they always gonna either, they always cover like something stupid like American Nightmare. Like, I love American Nightmare, but do you know what I mean? They're, they're kind of recent yeah. and uh, we just want to do something a bit different, like, you know, like educate kids, as it were, because like, a lot of kids are too busy rocking out to, you know, their chain of strength thinking that's the best music ever but sure, okay. now there's other kinds of forms of like rock and punk and hardcore and stuff so Hot Snakes and um, Murder City Devils seem to work pretty well for us
talking, we were talking about crowds and things like that. And one of the coolest things I ever saw was um, Gallows at South by Southwest that first year. And I don't remember. Uh, was that you? Was that you and Frank? Some guy was up front, just barking about something. He was like heckling you, and you guys were like, and I listened to it, and then you were just drinking water, drinking water, and then both of you just kind of leaned over and just went, <laughs> just sprayed uh, the that guy was with it. Yeah, was that Stu? It was Stu and Frank, and they were yeah. both just covered this guy, you know. And then they both, and then they both laughed, and and I think it was Frank said, "I had no idea you were going to do that." Did you? <laughs> I mean, it was perfect. It was like it couldn't. It couldn't have been. It, it looked rehearsed, but it was just so amazing. That was that was completely. I, I, I like people who who set their audiences in line. Because damn it, these audiences get out of control. The um, your bands, your your band. I mean, uh, do you have any kindred spirits? Like, plug your plug your buddies' bands. Who 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 from Britain is absolutely <clears throat> way cool that everybody should be, you know. I changing think. changing their dollars into into pounds and and and, and getting their records. The one band is going to make it out here at some point is probably a ghost of ghost, ghost of, of a thousand. thousand. Yeah, yeah, ghost of a thousand. They're a bit like refused, but they're doing really well back home. And, okay. Uh, and then a band, a band I'd love to see make it out here is Black Hole. It's my little brother's band. Oh, okay, that's they're like, right. They're all like seventeen to eighteen, so they're all quite young kids, I but they're think, playing. I, I think we recently did a story. We recently did a story a couple of issues ago about uh british rock scene and, and featured some new bands were getting some uh getting some uh, play out here for the first time and i believe the person who wrote the piece ben myers actually plugged the band oh wicked i think i'm pretty sure he that's did. cool like they're 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 fucking awesome they're a really good band are they are they better than gallows nothing's better than gallows <laughs> they're the best. But yeah they're a really Very nice. good, they're yeah. really good band they can play their instruments really well their songs are really catchy i see is it more like a more like a hardcore hardcore slash punk slash it's kind of like slash southern rock. They're, they're like yeah like a southern rock style and they're, they're just really good like they've got really that sounds like something i'd really hate personally <laughs> oh they've, they've got really catchy riffs and you just listen to it and it's just like every song just makes you start banging your head and they they go off okay. when they play live so and it's my little brother's band so i have to plug them that's true and if i don't if i keep running my mouth about them you're going to get up and smash Probably, a stool yeah. over my head so i'm like <laughs> And these right, leopard print stools are pretty good. Is, yeah, why do I want to break a nice stool over the old man's head? Why do you do that? Um, the lovely, cuddly Frank told Enemy that, I mean, he's it's going around the earth that this band, you know, has a shelf life. We're done in five years and I don't care. And, you know, just we're not, I'm not a fucking careerist and this, that, and the other thing. I want to report that the guys are looking down at their feet going, Jesus, how many times do we have to talk about this? <laughs> but, um, I, personally, I mean that type of commentary is very refreshing to me. When I have, I've seen, you know, people. We do these, we do these interviews, or we do acoustic sets, and we look. And I'm trying to talk to somebody, and they're looking at their BlackBerry to see what their sound scan numbers are, or what their MySpace friends is, or what competing bands in the area who's selling more, and all that stuff. And it seems that you know, for for Frank to come out and say that, just like. Eh, Fuck it, after five years, we're done. That's it. Uh, I guess I should probably say, one, do you want to tell Frank to shut up? <laughs> because it goes against any type of particular feeling that you guys have about the band. And second of all, the second part of that question is, do you feel that um, that this band actually you know, is a lot more open-ended than what people may think? I think it's... What we're trying to say is like we're in control of a band. Do you know what I mean? No, one, no one's going to be like, yeah, but we should do another five records yeah. after this so we we could break up tomorrow like i've like everyone you know you just can't well, you I, can't guess what's gonna yeah, happen yeah like, i don't know I, I i'm happily able to say that i'll be doing this band as long as my body can withstand playing the shows because we we put a lot of effort into the way we play and we're constantly knocking each other out and hurting ourselves yeah. so as long as <laughs> our bodies can withstand the way we play then i'm sure we'll be playing like frank does say a lot of stuff not gonna is he just trying to is he just trying to be contrary (laughs) no it's like even even with that like that whole thing came out with uh i can't remember where it was we played was that the reading show reading and leeds can't remember we we played a show and frank got interviewed as soon as we got off stage and uh he done this massive he's tired he's psyched up well yeah that's it sweaty he's exactly he gave this massive interview (laughs) and uh the only part of the whole interview they picked up on was that one line where he said i don't know it'll probably last five years or so who knows and then they take that one line and just put it to wherever they want to use it for. Gotcha. But then, so. again, you know, but like in defense of him, 
I've seen you guys play. Like you said, you do put it out there. You know, there's one thing about being inspired to write music and stuff like that. And then there's the thing of being inspired or being able to put on the type of show that you're known for. I mean, even Carrie King from Slayer would be like, dude, I don't know if I can do this if I can't bang my head anymore. <laughs> and if I can't bang my head while I'm doing it, it's not right. And I feel like I'm ripping somebody off. You know, because of that, because it's so much, you know, part of part and parcel of the thing is putting out putting out the energy. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you're gonna have, but you got socialized medicine over there, so you can come in there and get all beat up and mangled and stuff like that, and you get fixed up and. <laughs> yeah, well, the day I have an asthma attack is probably where I'm gonna have to draw the line at something. Wow, so. there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, you can just hire me because, like, I'm asthmatic, and you can just like, oh, you can just have anything of my paraphernalia set up. Uh, that's that's all right. That's it. See, Nothing to worry about. You know, see, look at that. You got it covered. What, um, what, but I mean, as a fan, is there anybody who's, who, is there a band who you think actually has done more than three great records and actually is worth having, be having a, having a career longer than five years? You know? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you after Glassjaw release their next record. Yeah, you're looking forward to that. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I guess. they've gone from two guitarists to one guitarist. Yeah, and it's been a fucking long time since they released anything. Yes, it has. You know, Daryl Palumbo's got like something like four different records coming out. Really? He's got that House of He's got that House of Blow record uh, with yeah. with Sean from from Hatebreed. He's got another Head Automatica record coming out. He's got the Glassjaw record coming out, and he's also doing a um, he's also doing a like a a, a grind project with um, called United Nations with uh, people from Thursday and uh, who else is in there? And, and the people from Thursday and the Love Kill and I can't remember some of the other bands in there. But he's just like, he's got like four different projects going on. Something like that. If it were anybody else other than Daryl Palumbo, yeah. I'd say, oh, how much creativity do yeah. you actually have, <laughs> Billy Bob? You know, but you know, you know the guy is, has obviously proven himself in many different quarters. And I was just kind of wondering if you guys think that, you know, you did bring up Glassjaw as a good thing, but, I mean, it's probably good that Refused broke up when they did. Yeah. Uh, it's probably good that, I don't know who else, it's probably good that Akara Cult broke up when they did. Um, I'm just trying to think about how, what your feelings are towards that as music fans. I don't know. Like, it's, I can't think of anything worse than seeing five old men playing, you know, Abandoned Ship or... Yeah. It, it, I reckon it depends on what genre of music you're talking here. Like I could happily listen to Mogwai write another record, write another few records, to be honest, because I'm a big Mogwai fan. Okay, They've written yeah. God knows how many records. Sure, yeah. and I never get sick of that. One song that they have, it's from Young Team, Like Herod. Yeah. Never get sick of that. Yeah, and like they, they put on an amazing show live. Their stage presence, they don't really move around a lot, but the way they yeah. perform, it kind of just captures you straight away. And I could happily listen to them write endless amounts of records and they could pull it off live just because of the dynamics in their music but like Lags was saying five guys like I don't know us in 20 years God knows if we were trying to still play a band and ship the way we play it now yeah it just wouldn't it wouldn't it, look it wouldn't right. work yeah so it's, it's you know it's when like Sex Pistols did like a reunion yeah. show and it's, it's you're just thinking you're like you're doing it for the <clears> money and not yeah the Red Hot Chili Peppers still trying so the next what are the next plans you know, you're doing this tour. You're 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 going to be done with this tour pretty soon. What yeah. uh, what what are the next plans? What's 2008 going to be for Gallows? We finish this tour, go straight home to do three weeks in the UK. Then we're going over to Japan to play Punk Springs, and then writing another record. Just going to be a, a long time coming. I think. Yeah. Are you playing any new music on this tour? No. We haven't had a chance to even like write. We, like we since... haven't been in the studio to rehearse since like April last yeah. year. It's crazy. Okay. So we haven't had a chance to sit down and try and write any new material. And we've all got ideas from like, ourselves, but we haven't put anything together yet to see what we can come up with. So. If you were going to go in the studio like tomorrow, how do you think it would sound? I have no idea. Nobody's rocking anything particular? Nobody's going to... No, I, I, I think Gallows is one of those, like, you can't force creativity, do you know what I mean? Like... It's got to come naturally. Yeah. Like it's, it's got to be an organic process, and that's how it's going to be. Like if we spend a day in a studio and nothing gets done, that's just it. But then the next day, you know, someone might have like a a moment of brilliance and come up with some amazing riff. It's just got to be like natural. Like I hate it when someone's like, "Yeah, you got to write this many songs by this amount of time," and you're just there going, 
yeah, I could do this, just rewrite the same kind of music over and over again, and nothing new is going to come through. But when we, when uh, we wrote Orchestra of Wolves, it was just the whole thing was just like, I don't know, it just flowed. Like there was no real pressure. It was like we were given a thousand pounds to record an album, so you know it wasn't like we weren't expecting to sell like millions of records or anything. So it was just like a case of writing music for ourselves and not thinking about any kind of audience out there. And that's got to be the same thing for the next record. We don't want to be like, all right, so this record's going to have like, you know, big budget behind it. Like, I don't give a fuck about a big budget. I just want to make sure it sounds good and the yeah, songs are good. Something like that, yeah. So you're not going to get, you're not going to pull a Sid Barrett and bring in like a jug band. <laughs> no. <laughs> or a, a marching band to come in and the 23-piece uh, uh, orchestra and all that stuff. No, we might do. You never know. I'd like to see Frank crooning like my way or something. Oh, yeah. that's been done before. <laughs> So I guess you're. Is that um, is that honest to God true that you're you're on Warner Brothers now? Yeah, we're signed to Warner Brothers for the rest of the world and uh, Epitaph in the states. Oh, very nice. What do you think? What do you think the suits and Warner Brothers found about your band that they said Gallows them? We must have them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, it definitely wasn't Cha Ching when they saw us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just kind of like, oh, we can put these guys out on tour with Fallout Boy. Yeah, that'll be you know. That'll be, and I can make a, I can make a payment on my nice summer condo up in <laughs> upstate New York. Well, what you know, I mean, essentially, what, what do you, what do you think it was? I mean, you I obviously think, you went to dinner a couple times. Yeah, you probably left Frank in the car, locked in the car, so he wouldn't ruin anything. For <laughs> but, but I mean, what you know, what, what do you think? I mean, well, I, I think personally that like uh, these, we had a lot of major record companies after us, and I think they just saw something exciting and different, which I wanted to be a part of, and. Uh, you know, it's like it's a project which they know they're not. It's not going to make them rich. It's not going to make them any money, but it'll be something exciting and different. So they've got their like Madonna. They've got you know all those huge acts who bring in all the dollars, and then there's Gallows who they get to like see what happens, see like you know how the band progresses, and that's how I like to see it. I can't see I can't see them doing it for any financial reason, which is which is exactly what most people think about major record labels. Oh yeah, sure. What what do you think it's stuff? I'm I'm thinking the same thing that Lag said just then, like we when we were signed to them, they knew for a fact we weren't gonna make as much money as half the other people on the label, like Mike M, Metallica, Green Day, whatnot. Sure. But when we've been in to talk to them or when they've come to see us play, they're all just excited to see what's gonna happen next. I think we're kinda like a hit or miss card. What's gonna happen? Everyone's a little bit excited about whether we're gonna do this, that, or the other. So yeah, it's just, I guess we got it because the excitement factor that surrounds our band. No one knows what's going to happen. We don't even know what's exactly. going to happen. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, the uh, obviously the industry is in a great big tizzy because you know the whole downloading thing and all that culture and stuff like that. But it seems to me, I don't know, in British culture, it seems like there's still some respect for the artifact. People still want to have like the 180 gram pressing of orchestra of wolves they want to have every single with the non-lp side and all that stuff do you uh, i mean have you noticed that i mean just your dealings in the states or have, have all sorts of like kids from the suburbs come up to you after gigs like yeah i downloaded your record it's awesome you know yeah, I mean, have I mean, you had that type of thing and you're just like oh thanks you bastard <laughs> we care about like uh i'm one of those people that has to own the cd or the vinyl just have that physical copy in my hands yeah you have to have, you're, you're still you're still hoarding the artifacts yeah, yeah. and uh we we put a lot of like heart and thought into like our releases, so we make sure it's like you know different colored vinyls. Uh, artwork's always gonna look amazing, and you know we want people out there to actually like want to go out and buy it because not not only does it sound great, you know the packaging's awesome, and you know it's something nice to have in your in your record collection, which I think is uh, you know like we're we're like that, and yeah. so we want to think like our fans are like that, sure. so we want to give them the best they can get. That makes sense. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for thinking that way. I'm, yes, right. I'm, I'm I'm totally down with that. Even though I feel like I'm the I feel like I'm the uh, the kamikaze pilot who landed on the island and lived, and the war's been over for forty years, and nobody forgot to tell me that it's over and all that <laughs> stuff. Because I'm still like friends of mine go to London, and I go, oh, by the way, can you pick up for me? And I like give them a list of <laughs> paper this long to pick up all these records and discs for me and stuff. <clears throat> 
Are there any American bands? I mean, currently, if they're obviously you're on tour with, I guess this is hell just dropped off your tour. Just for a few just, shows. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So this is this is hell are really good. Yeah. And um, obviously, uh, Cancer Bats are on this tour too, and I I really like them too. Are there any other like new, uh, new American bands that you're totally like can't wait to like tell your friends back home about? Yeah. Well, we we actually. Uh got a couple of bands to fill in like this one band called 86 bears played yesterday the 86 bears yeah. they have they look remarkably like that rise against i hear yeah they yeah. do <laughs> uncanny really uncanny, yeah. yes doppelgangers in fact i almost thought they were rise against cabaret band or something <laughs> like that but yeah uh and we've got another band. band called building better bombs supported us in minneapolis build a better bomb and they're they're an awesome band like it was the first time I'd seen them play. We'd heard their record. We, when we toured Warp Tour in the summer, Steph, the... Steph. Steph. Steph Alexander is his name. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's, uh, he sings in a band called POS who were on Warp Tour. And oh, it's his sure. other band right. that came and uh, played with us in Minneapolis. And they're awesome. They're just something else. Like, the way they play live is just... It's ridiculous. It's like noise meets insane drum fills with insane bass lines just it remind me a bit of uh, the rhythm and insanity i guess in, in a yeah nutshell, it's, right? it, it's just so intense and so passionate it's just like the second i saw them play i was like right i just want to go on stage and play myself now and that doesn't happen a lot anymore but yeah they're yeah. awesome so yeah go and check out building better bombs they're wicked very nice what were you you were going to say something um i was going to say it just reminded me a bit of a locust but without the funny suits oh okay gotcha very good uh what um what the hell is the other thing I was going to ask you about British? Uh, I mean, I wanted to ask you this while we were talking about touring. I'm all out of context here. Uh, I, I should have talked about this 20 minutes ago, but the, we were all talking about touring and that type of thing. When you did those tours, because, I mean, Britain is about the size of Texas, I believe, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Something like that. And there were a couple of English bands who uh, said who were talking to friends of mine who were in bands who said, yeah, after this gig, we're going to go home, and then we're going to go to the next gig. And the guys from the, the American band were like, Dude, if you have to go home after the gig, you're not on tour. Yeah. <laughs> is there a lot of, I mean, is there a lot of things where, is, is, it, is it like that? that? I mean, did you get, were you guys in a position to do that stuff? Because I would imagine that depending on how far away the venues were and considering the type of, the type of venues that were available for the type of music that you were playing is a kind of far and few between. So I was just kind of wondering what that was. I always wondered what that was like. Well, back in England? Yes. Um yeah, like most of the shows when we first started out, like we weren't good enough to really book a tour because you know no one's sure. going to be like put gallows on on a Monday night or something like that. So uh, we'll mostly be like any one-off show. We we'll drive up, play the show, then drive back home and go to work the next day, and just like that. Do you know what I mean? We couldn't really afford to take time off work. But um, I'll tell you something though, which I think is crazy. We're chatting about today is like how in America, like kids will travel eight hours for a show, and <laughs> that. That is beyond yeah. me. At home, you travel for eight hours and you've gone from one end of the country to the other. <laughs> yeah. Out here, you travel for eight hours and you're still in Florida. I went to, I went to Switzerland to see Gallows. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was just at the at the HMV shop just only an hour ago. Now I'm suddenly I'm in Switzerland. I mean, do, but is that kind of? But don't you find that kind of? Uh, I mean, didn't you go? Like obviously, didn't you go to other other countries or something like that when to, to see a band? I mean, because you're talking about the proximity, wasn't there anybody that you were just like, ah, how we're gonna go to Germany and go see so and so? Never, no, never. I'm really? Like, if there's a yeah. show down the road, I'm just like, uh, Kid, it's, get, it's getting yeah. late. <laughs> kids at home don't travel. They it's, don't. it's like the furthest you'd see kids at home traveling is like an hour at a push, and they'd be complaining about it all the way there and all the way back. Wow. Yeah, it is really weird. Like I don't. I can understand being out here. You have to vote. Do you know what I mean like sometimes? Yeah. Sure. Back home is like uh, there's like a major city or town every half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess that. But I thought there was like I, I used to look in all the British magazines. The Brit like the NME used to run classified ads and things like that, where it'd be like, "Go see." Go, for instance, go see Motorhead in Motorhead in Germany. Uh, you know, the, the the coach leaves at this time and all that stuff, and it's this thing. And it seemed like there were all these like weird type of packages. And I used to sit 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 at home and go, "Wow, imagine like being gone for the weekend, like coming back all exhausted to work Monday morning, and just like, oh, I went to see the Damned last night. And like, oh, where'd you go? I was in London. Oh, have any coffee? And I'm just kind of wonder if you had those. I mean, because like you said, the whole traveling thing, it would be able. And it seemed like there was a lot of 
a lot of um, you know opportunities to do something like that. But you're saying that 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 mentality of actually like, no, I'm not going anywhere for an hour. An hour is too far. Piss off. I mean, no, that I th- actually. I think what happens back home, right? You get kids who like follow the tour. So like a band will come over and they'll they'll go to like about four or five shows in a row, but they they won't travel like. Yeah, those four or five shows in a row will be one show, half an hour down the road to the next show, yeah, half like, an hour down the road to the next show. Okay. That's what it's like touring back home, though. Like we, we've done uh, a last tour like on a bus, and thinking about it, it's the most stupid thing because like yeah. the, the bus journey is about like two hours at the most yeah. to the next show. <laughs> hey, once again, I'm looking forward to the new record. Should be fine. What are you thinking? Is it coming out this year? Or maybe 2009. Hopefully this year. Yeah, hopefully fall this year. Very nice. And Epitaph here and the rest of the world who may be downloading this from other places other than the United States of America will be getting able to get that on Warner Brothers. Gentlemen, thanks a lot for stopping by. You're welcome. We are appreciative. AP Podcasts are recorded at Lava Room Recording Studio in Cleveland, Ohio, a New York City quality studio at Cleveland Prices. Check out www.lavaroomrecording.com. For more information on Alternative Press Magazine, go to www.altpress.com. The podcast engineer is John Walsh. Post-production assistance from Rob Tenzi. I'm Mike Shea, and this is all my fault. You can reach me directly at www.myspace.com slash Mike Shea AP. That's S-H-E-A like the stadium, AP. 